there, everyone. It's Wes, Hank, and Andy. We are back. <laughs> Round two for today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> As we uh, kick it with our uh, chapter 20 of The Mandalorian. It's uh, The Fandalorian. It's our deep dive review series where uh, we have decided to go more conversational. <laughs> still deep, though. Still deep. Still deep. Pretty deep. Yeah, we don't want to sacrifice nothing. Not, um, and certainly not sacrifice the... Uh, the entertainment value so yeah. hopefully uh you guys have been following us along if this is your first time with us welcome thank you for uh finding us uh and for you long time watchers always great to have you guys back uh don't forget we are a 100 uh fan interactive show we are taking your comments alive in the live chat questions comments concerns all that stuff because hey without you guys there's no show so join the conversation. Absolutely. Let your voice be heard. Before we get started on the uh, on the review tonight. Is it time? I believe it is time to uh, open the cage and let that guy out because we need another round of bad Star Wars jokes. Ha ha. All right, here we go. This week's bad Star Wars joke comes from where they always do. <laughs> Our side of the galaxy? The internet. I may have had a hand in putting a, a gentle massage on this one, but let's get to it. <laughs> Guys, why? Why should you never let Darth Vader deal in a game of poker? Because he'll use the mm. force on you. That's a good answer. <laughs> he will force your hand. Like a Lando oh, Calrissian thing. <laughs> he'll alter the deal. Because he'll alter the <laughs> deal. All right. <laughs> All right, listen, before I've got another one. Okay. I've got another one in honor, and this one is in honor of this week's episode. But I'm going to put this up here first. All right, here we go, guys. Round two. Where do Gungans store their homemade preserves? Ooh. I don't know. Where do Gungans store their homemade preserves? Some, somewhere in the kitchen, maybe? <laughs> In the cupboard, man. Would you believe they store them in jar jars? Perfect. <laughs> there you go. I could not resist in light of this week's episode and Excellent. all of the uh, rejoicing that was this week. This has been another installment of Bad Star Wars Jokes. <laughs> oh, Lauren, at the at the, uh, at, the wire. at the wire in the jar jar. <laughs> Oh, so close. But yes, you are correct in the joke there. All right, guys, before we get uh, into the breakdown, of course, huge revelation this week. Um, big, big uh, returning uh, guest spot this week. Before we get into all of that stuff and what it means and what it could mean and where it's going, what did we think of The Foundling, Chapter 20? What do you guys think? Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, for all for all the expectations and all the who could be okay and everything is like who's going to live up to that expectation. Oh, and really, when it came down to all the options that were thrown out there, nobody would have been happy with it. We all had this idea that it was going to be the that we were going to see the rescue. I think we we commented on that yeah. last week, and mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, mm -hmm. I um. I was super, super happy with the whole thing. Um, like a few of my theories, like, I mean, there weren't wild swings or stuff that got confirmed. Oh, sure. Um, the, the, the rescue in the flashback scene just uh, had me in tears. 
and um, just like no there's some they're uh, really strong like uh you know the uh the jet packs versus the uh creature with wings there the shriekock just just some cool stuff yeah. stuff that you would yeah, see yeah yeah you know straight out of a rebels episode or or a clone wars episode it it does really feel like a live action uh a live continuation action of that 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 stuff yeah, the, yeah. like the the and, and we're getting a bigger scope this season yeah right you know like bigger vistas bigger longer fights you know more dynamic stuff and uh high high quality too it remains high quality uh the visuals are stunning uh yeah fantastic man they're even paying attention to like actual physics too, like fuel running out. Really? Okay. <laughs> In a show yeah. built on space, space wizards and right. laser swords. That's right. <laughs> now we got to start counting fuel. All right. Um, small detail here. Uh, I, I liked, I liked how they seemingly presented a resolution to the beef between Jinjarn and Paz Vizsla, but. Is the hatchet actually buried between these two? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Because like I he challenged know. once already. That is true. And mm. That is true. They they now have they, whether they agree with it or not, or even realize that they now have a kinship in the sense that they both have foundling children that they are responsible for. Mm -hmm. But and like I had said, uh, you know, my my big. Hail Mary prediction was that season four would be about Grogu being uh, the Mandalore and defending right. the throne from the challengers. And so we literally got uh, that, that first little fray. So, well, so true. <laughs> and I mean, I said that way back when I'm like, these two are going to, they're going to come to some kind of conflict. Yeah. Not thinking that it was going to be in training, but that's still, that was cool. Yeah. The first in many. There's, there's a thing going on here again we always comment on sort of the fan community we kind of keep our ears to the pulse of what other people are saying and what other people are, are thinking and this one has come up a couple of times and i just want i'm going to come back to it at the end of the episode but i just want to plant the seed here that there is a there is a a segment of the fan community here that is actively shipping uh bo katan uh, to din Djarin. and i don't know how i feel about that i don't know i don't think i'm opposed to it but I'm certainly not like, oh yeah, this needs to happen. Mm. At the same time, when we get to the end of the episode, there's a strong visual cue that may support that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm interested to talk about that when we get there, but we have a long way to go before we get there. So why don't we get into the breakdown? Let's do it. All right, guys. This one is uh, chapter 20. It is called The Foundling. Uh, this one is, uh, wow, it aired uh, Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. This is the first of the episodes to be co-written by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. According to my notes, it's Joe Favreau. Wow. Missed an <laughs> nice. I wonder which part Filoni wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, directed by Grief Karga himself, uh, Carl Weathers. Nice. Uh, we've gone from the uh, longest episode last week to the shortest episode this week. It uh, came in at an actual 26 minutes and 21 seconds without titles or credits, um, which puts it right in line with some of the animation that we've yeah. Uh, covered. Yeah, this absolutely. 
And if we translate that into Fandal uh, Fandalorian terms, you just double that time and add thirty, and <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's, a, right. that's about where we'll be. <laughs> Normally, when we do these things, I like to put up, and, and we've kind of made a tradition out of it, putting up our actors and, or sorry, our uh, our writers and our directors, and talking about their other works. But because these two have been so uh, involved with Star Wars. I put up just their Star Wars connections. And did you guys know that Dave Filoni was also the voice of Embo? I did not know that. I don't no. think I knew that either. I don't think I did. Yeah, Embo, as well as uh, the 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 vocalization of CH1P Chopper, mm-hmm. and of course uh, De- uh, John Favreau, the voice of uh, Paz Vizsla, as well as Rio Durant, the former voice of Paz Vizsla. Is it though? Because there is an uncredited there's an uncredited thing for him too. Like I'm not convinced that it's not him this season. The voice seems very different to me, but yeah, does it are that so like yeah. so different that you're not that I would be shocked if I saw the helmet come off yeah. and he okay. was there. Oh, yeah. I, I never expected it to be his face underneath the helmet anyway, but no, I did. Um, <laughs> Tate Fletcher, uh, 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 you know, uh, Tate Fletcher, who was um, all the way back. Season one, episode one was mm-hmm. the, um, the guy at the bar. Uh, is the the, the physical embodiment my drink yeah that's the guy yeah uh, he could be uh it could just well, be effects could, too it could just be yeah for sure for yeah, sure it could but be. If, if our action figures are canon favreau's face is under there uh yeah mm-hmm. at least in one release uh well that's true yeah in the black series release yeah. for sure it is yeah uh, we've got a comment coming in from doug doug hey welcome back uh, if you could get an astromech sidekick who would you pick? Oh. Interesting. So uh, I'm going to extrapolate from that question that we're talking about an existing astromech within the Star Wars continuity. Yeah, that's the way I Man. interpret that. I know. It's <laughs> tough, you know. Uh, I love Chopper, but I do not want to have to babysit that guy when he goes all murdery. Um, I love R2 for his versatility, but I still I do like BB-8 as the evolution of the astromech droid and i mean if if r2 is is a jackknife then you know uh, bb8 is the 20th century update to that jackknife and i don't like that Uh, you know if the if the little thumbs up with the blowtorch didn't didn't do it for you then i don't know i'm somewhere between a a traditional r2 astromech if not r2d2 specifically or bb8 that's where i'm at yeah i'm i'm a chopper guy and Lauren says she'd take Chopper as yeah, well. Yeah, we both are big Chopper fans here. Uh, he is a homicidal maniac, <laughs> but he tends to only kill other droids. <laughs> that is true. And I would, an honorable mention, or I guess my my runner up would have to be BD uh, BD one from from the uh, Fallen oh, Order game. Oh, BD BD one. I never considered him an excellent yeah. uh, personality yeah, yeah. and the like a high degree of utility factor yeah it's like a oh yeah it's like a it's a little chicken a little chicken that runs around raptor, and, and lets you raptor guy. zip zip line everywhere and will read things for you you can and use them map. like a pair of macro binoculars Crazy map yes and a map he's and a the, mean droid with a map. don't forget the stim yeah, pack yeah that yeah, guy yeah. brings the drugs <laughs> where are you at on the droid situation? i'd probably go with an r2 myself an r2 astromech yeah i'll go with a classic classic yeah, can't go wrong all right, our synopsis this week uh, reads, Din Djarin returns to the hidden Mandalorian covert. Uh, not Nothing earth-shattering there. No. <laughs> uh, but we are going to talk about the covert uh, in a little bit here. 
All right, the episode opens with the members of the Mandalorian covert. They are uh, outside the cave practicing all manner of battle drills while Grogu sits alone by the edge of the water, seemingly playing with some rocks. There's a lot going on in this uh, mm -hmm. this sequence. This uh, is a large grouping of Mandalorians. So I tried to count. Now, in the main splash image that I've used here, I can discernibly make out 40 plus. Yeah. Then when we cool. switch to the to the next scene as Bo is coming in, it's hard to tell if that's just a different camera angle or if it's around the corner and there's more people. But I'm putting the Mandalorian covert now at 50, 50 plus people. Sure. Wouldn't shock me. Now, we've seen the covert in a diff a couple different ways. Back on Navarro, we saw a bunch of Mandalorians. I don't think we saw this many. No. Uh, certainly when they came out and helped him escape, there wasn't that many. We might have seen mm -hmm. that many in that terrible pile of helmets, though. Then we saw the covert decimated yeah. down to just the armor and Paz Vizsla living on the bottom of that ring world. Yeah. Yeah. So that two-year time frame comes back to remind, uh, we're reminded of that that they have rebuilt the covert that they have They've reached collected. Out, they found yeah reunited. they do say they do say that after the battle at um uh in season 1 they 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 were scattered the what survivors there were scattered so right. i i think maybe you know these are the the stragglers coming back and other groups that they just hadn't mentioned probably yeah and right. i do think that that she's recruiting willy-nilly too like to in what, in what sense? Just like just to just swell to, the to add people. Uh, yeah, okay, ab yeah, absolutely. Like, and okay. this is why you have adults, full-on adults, uh, doing basic yep. training. Yeah, that's, that's my my sort of personal theory. I th I, I half-ass thought this was a, a another fight with an alligator at the very beginning, <laughs> and then I thought, well, this is a dangerous place to bring your children. <laughs> what are you doing? And then I guess I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, no, you are not. You are absolutely let's, not wrong. Let's practice on the beach where the children get snatched. <laughs> Lauren thinks that they seem very untrained and. You know, on some some level, I I would say yes. I mean, we can talk about the the ridiculousness of it's not target practice if there's no target. Yeah. I I'd never I didn't understand what shooting into the water was accomplishing other than expending ammunition. That's the kind of thing you do after the range practice. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it's a fun shoot. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, um, but at the same I, time, it does convey that they are training. Working. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And it could be just to, to uh, you know, sort of go, they're constantly training. This is a day in the life of. Like yeah. It never ends. And there are several groups paired off that seem to be having, have skill. There seems to be like a master of arms who's presiding over the, like the, the ruling on a fight. Um, but like I said, in the very first episode, um, I think there's like gradients here because there's, there's very few jetpacks. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, there is only just a few, and we had we saw Dinjarin for a half a season or more without a jetpack, and so yes. you know there, there's a certain level you reach, and he, even though we saw him be a badass, hadn't even reached yep. jetpack yep. status yet. No, uh, no. In terms of you know, so there's there's levels to this, I think. Well, the short list of activities that we see, we have, uh, we do have some flight training, however, very limited. We see the target practice we see <laughs> hand to hand combat vibro knife fighting mm -hmm. wrist rocket training mm -hmm. uh rappelling and climbing yeah um errantly or maybe not 
the one thing that we don't see, we don't see anybody let off a jetpack missile. No. no. And it's like, that, is that because that ammo's probably yeah, I would yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, sure. yeah, I guess you're gonna waste some. I mean they I mean they're even uh you know little flamethrower action too. So and then in the middle of all that we have Bo Katan walking around who seems like she is starting to get acclimated. Yeah, a little bit. If you want to call it that, yeah. Mm. Well, and feel a bit more like home. She probably doesn't uh, want to participate yeah. yet, like because she could probably take all 40 people there. Also, well, there <laughs> therein lies another one of those. This this kind of talks about her psyche though and where she is. And maybe that's a better, that's a good contrast point to keep in mind as we get to the end of the episode where where she's uh physically or uh, literally and metaphorically sitting at the end of the episode. Yeah, that she probably could wipe the floor with anybody yeah. singularly like I, said, I know i know we had a slight difference of opinion but like i said i bet one-on-one -on -one she could yeah. beat it. i think that there is uh some truth to that i i don't think that that's i don't think that that's not true i mean but again this is one of those things that the the story does what what needs to be served yeah but certainly from uh, previous uh, uh um, appearances that is a there's a strong argument to be made for that yeah. yeah there's a reason why she was mandalore twice <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> all right how many people fight maul and live no that's true that's true well sitting over at the water's edge grogu watches as one of the rocks moves a few inches now mando comes over and tells him that it's time to learn with the other foundlings and then they head off to where uh, there is some fight training uh, going on totally thought he was mucking with the force here Okay, yeah. so I just want to point that I was sitting there watching this thing going, one of the things we talked about, and it's not just here in The Mandalorian, but also in The Bad Batch was, when do kids get to be kids? Yeah. Mm. The way that the rocks, as we find out, uh, half the rocks are crabs, I actually thought that they were positioned, and I literally, I saw 10-year-old Wes in the backyard playing with his star Wars action figures. And I thought, Oh my God, can you imagine being able to use the force to play with your action figures? Yeah. 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 And that's what literally what I thought he was doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Turns out no, half of them are actually just crabs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Life forms, and probably, though. and probably food to him. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> like he was about to slurp that thing out of the bottom of the <laughs> yeah. crack it open. And... Yeah. Um, pretty risky leaving him by the water's edge that that close with things like crocodile turtles. Yeah, but he's little <laughs> enough that he wouldn't even be picked up on the radar. He could just McDundee that thing, though. You never That's know. That's right. Got one more from Doug. Uh, so, Doug, what do you got here for me, Doug? Doug, she is more of a trainer than the rest. Yeah. Uh, Doug, hold on to that thought because trainer uh, training, that's going to come back um, when we get to the next part i see i and then there's there's the question of disclosure like so well you know we know she's playing poker with din Djarin and the mythosaur stuff yeah is the armor playing uh the the same cat and mouse game with the rest Absolutely. of the mandalorians in terms of her I also, who she is and skill like like i, I wonder that would, as well it would be almost like going, well, here's my replacement, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Without or, any of the spiritual uh, leadership qualities. Yeah. And but so, Paz Vizla, he knows who she is. And and the third part is Probably. how how but, much poker is Bo Katan playing in terms of 
Right. You know, because I started thinking I was really questioning the decision at the end and we'll get into it. But what if that was a, a test of her own? She's crafty as heck. I thought, you know, she was saying too much there. And then I thought after thinking, what if that was a test of her own? Uh, it, it very much could be. It very much could be. I actually wrote that in my notes. Is, is she going to regret that decision? <laughs> Disclosing that much? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Where are we at here? We're on to uh, this one. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rocks. All right. Well, Grogu and Ragnar square off in singular combat using training darts. Now, Grogu doesn't quite get it right away, but after some encouragement from Mando, he beats his opponent three hits to two. Mm -hmm. um, we said early on that this was going to be an unfair fight. <laughs> if these two met, if they had to, if there was a conflict, that it would be an unfair fight. And sure. I kind of think it was. I don't think it was that he didn't grasp what he was supposed to do. I just don't think he was into it. No. Maybe. We get a new man. He was also holding back, right? Uh, that's true. And that's true. until Din says, you know, it's okay. Show him what you already know. Well, let's let me just point at this. The judge, the judge leads off by saying he's too small. Yeah. Right. And I'm telling you, in my head, at like screaming at me was Yoda's voice. Size judge me by my size, size, do you? Yeah. Like, I'm like this not. is not gonna go well. But uh, speaking of we, the, get a, uh, the, we get a new Mandoism here. Yeah. One who doesn't know doesn't speak. Yeah. One or, who doesn't or, know doesn't speak. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Speaking of the Mandalorian judge, that's uh, actor Jason Shu. Now he's known as a stunt performer on over uh, 40 productions, starting with uh, Don of the Planet of the Apes back in 2014. However, for the Mandalorian, he is Giancarlo Esposito's stunt double as Moff Gideon. Oh, there you and go. I can I can see the resemblance there. Um, we do get that pretty cool um, uh, little bit to the creed. Mm -hmm. uh, Ragnar says, "Why doesn't he wear a helmet?" And uh, uh, Din says, "He's too young to speak, therefore he cannot take the creed." Ragnar says, "Then he's too young to fight." And Mando, with that line, "One does not speak unless one knows," is that not the creed? Yeah. <laughs> Ragnar, well, I know. Well, perhaps this lesson is for you then. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. The lesson is that, for you. Even as reinforces that at the end, beats it. <laughs> well, that's just it. And this is, I said, there's a bit of a contrast here between the two fathers that when mm -hmm. Paz Vizsla at the end of the fight and his son has lost, is Paz Vizsla remembering the lesson vicariously? Through, like he remembers, oh, that happened to me too. Maybe. I felt like it was you know? kind of like a passive aggress aggressive admonishment. Really? Kind of like yeah, don't like, underestimate your enemy. I or, thought that he was like far he's enough a jerk, away he's that a jerk he was. Dad. Oh, okay. He's just played at sports too hard. That kind of dad. I felt that it was just sort of some self-reflection of, oh, I remember when I was that age. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see Ragnar being inherently like a, a, a dink, but I can see. But neither do I. I can see Paz Vizsla pushing him to be that dink. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 I can too. Like you are uh, the heir to the clan Vizsla. 100%, like right, exactly. 100%, we need an internal tag antagonist. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like I said last episode, I think there'll be some factioning up. We get a legacy line here from uh, Mandu. Great job, kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Comment from uh, Ken over at Toy Connections. This was a great episode. What's up, Ken? It really was. It really was. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, Ken. Hopefully you stick around for a little while. 
if not, I understand. We'll uh, we'll catch up soon. All right. Well, having his butt handed to him by Grogu, Ragnar walks to the edge of the lake to wallow silently in his defeat. Uh, but it's a short-lived wallowing as a massive reptavian creature reminiscent of some kind of dragon swoops down and snatches Ragnar up in a clawed foot. Mando, Paz Vizsla, and a couple other Mandalorians chase after the creature using their jetpacks. But because the creature already has such a commanding lead, they all run out of fuel and are forced to land. But then Bo-Katan rockets past them in her gauntlet fighter and, the ch and chases the creature into the sunset when we get our title cards in, in our little uh, apocalypse now uh, <laughs> homage what do you mean so the lesson here is don't stand by the lake yeah don't well that's what i'm like why is grogu playing alone by the water's edge i totally <laughs> thought he was gonna go and like try to kick him or something like he wasn't done with the fight after he was humiliated there and yeah. that's why Paz gives the line right like interesting i just took it as that was him rem remembering the lesson and now Ragnar now has to go off and deal with his own emotions, which yeah. he's chosen to do. Well, he, I mean, he go on his own. He was about to try to to go for real there. Like he stepped right up to Grogu, was feet from him. Like, and they were, yeah, does a dozen feet of, you know, they were ten paces yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, so I kind of got the impression like he was gonna, you know, try something, you know, else. Like, and because uh, he kind of kicks the sand and does that, you know, that. Yeah, the, uh, and then yeah, so perfect time for him to get scooped up. He's uh he's got some negative energy running through there. We get the uh, actual confirmation here that uh, Ragnar is not a biological child. Yeah, I had questions about it. wasn't clear to me until I watched it a couple yeah. of times, but then I understand. Yeah, definitely. Mando draws his pistol uh, to want to shoot at it, and and Paz literally puts a hand on him and says, "Don't shoot! It'll kill the foundling." Yeah, calls him a foundling outright. Right. And, and that's uh, it. again, that's that interesting he contrast. He's taking the helmet at 12 or whatever instead of yeah. when he can speak, you know, because they just sort of lay that out. Sure, sure, sure. Well, returning to the covert, Bo Katan says that she followed the creature and she knows where it lives. Well, the decision is made to assemble a war party to go after both it and Ragnar. Um, this is kind of cool. There, there's a whole lot of lore that comes out of this. Uh, this sequence also a little bit of a legacy line feel anyway in what in what way when uh they're like you know if you approach like that you'll set it off we'll have to scale it and she's like well you know i scaled that back in the day oh yeah yeah um, that's actually going to play into sort of the, the lore connection here uh tonight which actually was kind of caught off guard um yeah they can't fly directly there and they have to avoid using blasters and explosives so that Ragnar is not killed. Uh, that is, if he's not dead already. Uh, surprisingly, he's not. No. <laughs> they like to let them marinate. Well, who knew this belly? thing only eats? Yeah, really. We're gonna we gotta let him kind of. We gotta like soften him up for the bird for the chicks. <laughs> There's a line from Bo that says that the cliffs are no higher than the peaks of Kiramorut. And that she climbed them in basic training. Now, the language here suggests that Kiramorit is a uh, is a mountain. Certainly, that's the reference when she points at the hollow image here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the name actually comes from uh, Star Wars Legends, where Kiramorit is actually the name that is given to a traditional, a traditional Mandalorian dwelling known as a Vayame. Hmm. 
and not surprisingly, it looks like a dome. That's a Vayame in the in the lower uh, uh, image there, beside Sundari City. Mm-hmm. I put that up as a contrast to like, hey, there There's is a, a lower, dome yeah, futuristic dome. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, um, Kiramori was the home for the uh, Skirata clan, as well as a refuge for clone deserters during the war. Hmm. Uh, in Legends. It was first introduced in the uh, 2007 Legends novel, Republic Commando, True Colors. Now, the other one that comes up here, and this is what's got uh, the internet kind of a buzz, and including myself, or one of the things. Uh, the armor has a line here that she says to uh, uh, to Paz Vizsla to uh, enjoin the Shriek Hawk training team to accompany you. Mm-hmm. And immediately the internet went to, okay, that thing's a Shriekhawk. And I'm like, what? how did we make that leap? I don't know where how we made the leap there. I, I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is either. I mean, based on the other creatures we've seen on this planet, it's not a stretch to think it's just another prehistoric-ish beast. Yeah, yeah I, I am more in that camp. And there's a bunch of reasons why. Um, the and you and i talked about this sort of offline it was like if they had and i get i can get how a casual viewer might it might make the connotation shriekhawk training team oh you have a team that's dedicated to training these animals okay if that's the case then where are the domesticated shriekhawks yeah um it, it doesn't work for me especially when uh, paz villa says they always it always gets away okay so we've got guys that train these things but we've got no no evidence to say that we've actually done that I sort of took it as like um, going after the Shriekhawk was more training. Like, That's an like, interesting like take. View on it too. like training. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 um, yeah. I guess yeah. I did kind of think it was a Shriekhawk. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> there is a ton of legends lore around the Shriekhawk. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go it's through it. I mean, I, I knew that, but I just thought they were taking liberties, right? And you know what? They could come back. It could come back and it's exactly what that is. And I'm the one that's completely wrong here, but I just can trying to connect the dots here. And like, this is a Filoni co-written episode and we know how, how good uh, Dave has been at, at plucking from legends and pulling it forward and not really changing a whole lot. Yeah. So in Mandoa, Shriekhawk translates as Jigelar. What else do we know canonically translates as Jai Gelhar? Uh, well, we did a whole video on it, the Westar 35 pistol, the traditional Mandalorian pistol. Um, and then the other one here is the, the Jagais, the Jagais that we see on Rex's helmet, we see it on some other Mandalorian helmets, literally translates as Shriek Hawk Eyes. And I feel like there's just so much lore there that to just abandon all that doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, the emblem itself, uh, sorry, the Shriekhawk, um, uh, known as Jagalar, were a species of predatory bird native to Mandalore that went extinct during what's called the Mandalorian Cataclysm, an event during the Mandalorian Jedi War that led to the destruction of the surface of the planet. Why the planet looks like it's been scorched Earth. Mm-hmm. The emblem, uh, now this emblem uh, that we see here, the Shri- by the way, all the Shriekhawk training team are wearing this emblem. Um, fans of, of uh, animated Star Wars will recognize it as the emblem of the Death Watch. 
Um, but it goes back even further than that, that yeah. Paz Vizsla's ancestors adopted this as their family crest. It is actually supposed to be a stylized Shriekhawk in a full dive. Right. So perhaps the Shriekhawk training team yeah. literally all, is that. Is there, right. They're survivors from Mandalore, and that's yeah. what they did. And maybe this particular creature is now since is they're akin extinct. to maybe this could be a replacement Shriekhawk. That's an interesting thought. Uh, and it certainly ties into what happens at the end when they bring the chicks back. Yeah. Um, that I can get behind. I took the line to be more akin when she says, take the Shriekhawk training team. Cause I, I kind of thought about this. This is, this is so Vizsla. And the one person in the room who's not wearing this symbol is Paz Vizsla. Hmm. Yeah. He doesn't bear the symbol. So I wondered, is this a cultural thing? Is this like a taking it back thing where they're taking it, uh, the connotation of the death watch out of the symbol and sort of restoring it to a place that's more honorable to the history, of, to the history of Mandalore. Yeah, maybe. Which thematically Boba, fits in. Boba has this on his shoulder, doesn't he? Boba wears a mythosaur. A uh, mythosaur. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because the other thing is that weird stylized F. The, the, with the feather the feather but i think maybe you know like discussing it like this it, it could be that that's just what she calls her covert maybe maybe shriekox you know like now there are four when they go on the expedition there's seven of them so it's it's a uh, uh, paz bando and and Bo. so the right. other four the other four i actually took it to mean i kind of uh, likened it more to when she says oh um take the Shriekhawk training team. It, to me, it was like saying you better call seal team six, bring your special. Forces. I took it as these guys and maybe their direct holdovers. They are the remnants, the last surviving remnants of the death watch. And maybe that means that of all of the members of the covert, these are the guys and girls who are at the height of their, of their game combat wise. And they're responsible for training everybody else. Hmm. Could be. That's kind of how I interpret it anyway. But I'm not convinced that this is a Shriekhawk. And it's that was the one thing that just it <laughs> I was the one that was like losing my my brains this week. Um, you know, we all watch sort of the same reviewers and the same people that talk about this stuff. And a couple of different outlets were like Shriekhawk. And it was like, like that's gospel. That's just what it is. And it's like, oh, who said it first and who's copying everybody else? And I'm like, do you do you guys not do your own research? Like, come on. I went down a rabbit hole and I found a few images from from the legends lore. Yeah. And yeah. you know, side by side, it doesn't match. No, it's it says very very clearly it's a bird. A reptilian uh, yeah, or a bird. avian or whatever. Yeah. Uh greetings tonight from uh, TJC. Good evening, all. Hello, sir. Glad to have you back with us. Um, yeah. So that's uh that's kind of where I'm at with that. Any more for any more on that one? I'll wait till they tell us what it is. Yeah, if, yeah. If it's hard to know. At the end, we're going to know eventually. I kind of thought it was, but you know, <laughs> all, all on my own, not influenced by. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, and we we went through this. We kind of had a similar conversation around the the cyborg, and it, that's the one thing. I, this is an aside to the to the actual breakdown this evening, but it speaks to the sort of the fan community in the broader sense that, like, I think we're trying too hard to connect everything to something instead of just letting it be what it is, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, like let the story tell you what it is. And, and I know it's part of the fun is to try and, and superimpose what we think it is, but man, like it's, it's almost getting like, 
almost worrisome like oh are we are we trying too hard <laughs> or are we not trying hard enough i don't know i don't know because there was that crab borg in that episode well there is that by the way our west r35 video that is our our most popular video in our weapons of star wars playlist if you haven't checked that out i recommend you go over and uh, check that one out that was a fun one to do I don't think the Shriekhawk was Palpatine, if that helps anybody. <laughs> I will accept that. That is true. That is true. But he foreseen it. Did he? I don't know. Not at this point. Well, Grogu and the armor watches the war party departs uh, on Bo's ship. The armor then tells Grogu that he's too young to go with them for now. So she and Grogu go back inside to the covert where she proceeds to give him a lesson on Mandalorian culture while at the same time toils away at the forge, making him a new piece of armor. Now, the lesson from the armor goes something like this. She says, this is the forge. It is the heart of Mandalorian culture. Just as we shape the Mandalorian steel, we shape ourselves. We all begin as raw ore, and we refine ourselves through trial and adversity. The forge can reveal weaknesses. One thing about the forge here, which I found, I, I mean, we've seen her forge, what, half a dozen times now? A couple times, yeah. This is the most elaborate setup that we've ever seen with the forge going through these uh, uh, holographic sort of um, designs that she has stored there in that computer. Mm -hmm. um, she has a power hammer. Yeah. We didn't have that yeah. before. No. Feels like home, uh, right? Yeah. It, very much so. You know, more. So more again, there's that passage of time and it's it's quite possible that she and paz are just out recruiting grab maybe grab 10, grab 10 mandalorians or find a, a yeah rogue covet vert and and bring them into the fold yeah yeah join us or or die <laughs> so now, this will be the fourth time we've seen uh i think third or fourth time we've seen uh somebody uh in in the presence of the forge uh hallucinate or have visions or memories of the past yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I there's like a physical thing here that's happening. Uh, the heat. Well, there's the the sparks the off the power hammer, um, kind of trigger the 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 flashback, as it were, as the the sparks fly off the the power hammer. And you had the same thing with Din, like where she's yeah just using the 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 physical hammer, and it's like the oh yeah yeah you know, yeah. So I, I wonder if there's sort of some sort of um, it could know. be connected to the living waters. So that's like another the, option like, too. That in there, and for, then you know, heat it up. You get some steam that puts some particles in the air. Right. right. Couple of that with some repetitive striking. I mean, symbolically, we've got the spiritual leader of the of the covert here imparting the lesson. So no, no surprise that we're going to have some kind of now. In in Grogu's case, I don't think it's all spiritual. I think there's this is a traumatic. Yeah. This is a traumatic intrusive memory. Yeah. Um. Anybody with PTSD out there can appreciate this, what's happening here. Um, yeah, but as the power, uh, sorry, as the uh, armorer's power hammer strikes the Beskar, uh, sparks fly. Now, how did I get so far ahead of myself? Wow, I really got far ahead of myself. I've missed an entire slide. That's really disappointing because I made slides for that. Oops. Wow. Okay. As the armorer's power hammer strikes, uh, strikes the Beskar, uh, sparks fly, and suddenly Grogu is overcome uh, with emotion, and we flash back to his escape from the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Oh, no, I didn't. I did not. I'm oh, sorry. My mistake. 
Four Jedi escort him in his pram as the 501st Legion stormed the temple. Two of his protectors are gunned down immediately, and they're forced to go another way. Now, that way is also blocked by more advancing troopers. One of the Jedi uses the Force to push Grogu into an elevator and then sends it off before they, too, are also gunned down. When the door opens, the kind face of Jedi Master Kelleran Beck tells him, everything's going to be all right, kid. And there we go. There's our big revelation did, for, did you, for this did you know? Did you know when they dropped the name before they showed his face? Get him to Kelleran. So I wasn't aware of, of Kelleran Beck as a character until the research for this episode. And that's yeah. so gospel I, truth. I, I knew the character. I didn't know the name implicitly. It just kind of, it made me go, hmm, but I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't place it, if, if that makes sense. But they did. Uh, there, there's a couple of times. Uh, get him to Kelleran, I think, is what one of the Jedi says. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, it, that piqued my interest. And I was like, where? How do I? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. And then, and then wow. <laughs> well, this, who, who is Kelleran Beck? Let's, yeah. let's, we can talk about Kelleran Beck. Who is Kelleran yeah. Beck? So, I mean, it's, it, we've all know by now that uh, Jar Jar Binks actor Ahmed Best has come back to Star Wars in grand fashion uh, in the form of Keller and Beck. But what I didn't know was that Keller and Beck has already been around for a couple of years because Keller and Beck serves as the guide and mentor for a children's game show, uh, Jedi Temple Challenge. Now, um, the character canonically it has been written. Uh, it says that he is a Jedi master who served the Jedi order as a mentor and teacher to younglings. His skill with a lightsaber earned him the name sabered hand. And he was fond of using the two saber technique called Jarkai. He traveled the galaxy in a Pelta class frigate. Now that was part of the show Jedi temple challenge called the Athelia that served as a platform for some of the knowledge trials that he would put the Padawan learners through. The Padawan learners, of course, being the actual children contestants of the show. Yeah. Keller and Beck was also served by a protocol droid uh, called AD3, who was jealous of him because the droid could not wield the force, as well as an astromech droid, very R5-like, by the way, called uh, LXR5. Hmm. Keller and Beck. If you if you've never seen Jedi Temple Challenge, picture uh, American Gladiator mixed with Star Wars Jeopardy. Yeah, for nice. kids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> super cool. Uh, um, the, the entire first season is on YouTube. Ooh. Yes, yeah. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and it's still running. By the way, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the show only started in what 2020? 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a relatively new character. Now, Hank, you had raised a, a point about the the uh, the the levity he was given to develop the character that, that Ahmed had right. a, a strong hand in developing this character, not, you know, his backstory, not knowing. And then, and then actually, so I don't know which order to cover this in. No, the, you go, you go ahead. For the fact that um, he had this elaborate backstory that the creators of Jedi temple challenge, just let him run with. Yeah. And they could have just put him in. I'm Ahmed best and dressed like a Jedi. It could have been that, but they gave him tremendous birth with a, to create a character. And, he puts so much of himself like he's he's a trained martial artist like not a lot of people know about that he's a he's a gifted motorcycle rider not a lot of people know about that and so he was able to use real martial arts and come up with a, a lightsaber style for himself yeah and um 
he even came up with the way that his character interacted with the force. Um, he, he, he perceived this idea that the force uh, had a flow to it, like a direction almost. And so yeah. that he became a surfer of the force. Like he would ride the wave of the force and anticipate, you know, and that's how he sort of interpreted the way Jedi interacted with the force. And then for them to take that sort of random character yeah, and and put him in canon in 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 a in a high profile show, and keep all the lore, keep the two handed oh, yeah. style. Let him do yeah. his own martial arts, like that's you know some of his own saber techniques. Um, the the gold trim on the the uniform and like, uh, fantastic. And then I can't say enough about, um, what a disservice, uh. Uh, and I count myself guilty. I, I do not in terms of like, and, and I guess we are talking about before, uh, you know, Twitter or the internet, although it was social media at large. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I I'm really kind of glad that they, he missed that, <laughs> um, yeah. but we're still guilty of it. Right. Like the things that we did to Ryan Johnson, the things that we did to Kelly Marie Tran, the things that yeah. we did to yeah, yeah. Uh, John Boyega. Um, and uh, of course, of course, uh, Ahmed Best and Jake Lloyd. Um, and I feel, I feel like because I'm a, a member of that community, uh, I feel personally responsible for like, I don't want to make anybody ever feel like they, they want to kill themselves, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one too. I it's mean, a heavy duty thing, bro. Like he's very public with his struggles and the, that he'd contemplated taking his life. Uh, and, the man got death threats over playing yeah, a character in a, yeah, in a kids movie for a, for in a kids movie, and it's like, at what point did we stop being fans of fun, right, right, bullies? You know, and I think I mean, we, that in the in the best possible way, yeah. um, they 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 the writers uh, brought him on here to sort of beat his own bullies. Um, and I, 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 I cried as much as I did for Luke Skywalker. I swear to God, I was so, so incredibly happy. I'm At one point, to... I actually turned to Lauren and went, "Wait, is that I'm at best? Am I yeah. being great? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it, you know, like I was, I was over the friggin' moon, man. I'm trying to imagine what that conversation looked like. Like, who was it that approached him to say, hey, "We have a, me. we have a space for you." how do you feel about this? And for him to be, to have reservations about wanting to do that, he spoke recently saying that uh, he did not want to get in the way of the story. Right. Um, and that if that was going to be the case that he didn't want to do it. So, I mean, can you imagine being the, the Lucasfilm executive, whether it was John Favreau, Filoni, both of them or somebody else, Kathleen Kennedy approaching him and trying to have that conversation with him in light of everything that he's gone through. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you like, he's, he's, he's long been over this. This is, he's talking yeah. about like, his like dealing with it in the, in the early two thousands. Yeah. But yeah. he, 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 he repros, uh, repri reprised, reprised, <laughs> reprosed, <yeah>. reprised, <laughs> reprised, uh, Jar Jar for, for seasons right. several That's times right. in, yeah. in, in the Clone Wars animated. So, um, and, you know, like we had welcomed him back and we were accepting, but this, to me, this is like the, 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 vindication the cherry on top the vindication yeah, the vindication uh, the I, I only thing that, that would be better for me is if that in our next flashback jar jar is piloting that ship man <laughs> yeah wouldn't that be something and they're well, sitting inside each other that ship's got to go somewhere it does the question is where is it going maybe a hidden city well yeah maybe maybe makes you wonder if one of the names we couldn't maybe. read in obi-wan was keller and beck 
Well, yeah, really, eh? Right. <laughs> All the names right? on the on the the underground Jedi uh, railroad. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Are you okay? Do you need to excise any more demons? No, man. I'm just I'm I'm so happy. It's happy. A, it's, it's real I am happy, thrilled. Man. I am totally thrilled. I was like, I I giggled, but like in the giddy sense, like this is this is drippingly good. And I said this to you guys earlier. I'm like, this is so in line with what George Lucas has said from the beginning that Star Wars is for kids to take a character like Keller and Beck from a children's game show. This is a guy who works with kids and to have him save possibly one of the most important kids in the franchise. That is so like top shelf. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A, it, and it is such a, a, I don't know if it writes all the wrongs, but it sure feels good. I was wearing pants to be a standing ovation. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, let's move on then. This is a very cool sequence. Uh, Master Beck fights off a contingent of the 501st, including some clones who've just arrived on bark speeders, which coincidentally are equipped with sidecars. Using one of the speeders, Kellerin and Grogu flee the Jedi temple at high speed, only to be pursued by LAAT gunships. Now, one of them manages to hit the bark speeder in the engines, which causes it to belch smoke and to slow down. Spotting a train tunnel, Master Beck dives into the tunnel and the gunships don't let up. Very interesting sequence here. Um, I'm, I'm pausing here because, there, one, we get to see this incredible display of that lightsaber technique that he helped develop. Mm -hmm. oh, amazing. Two, small detail. Um, question for you guys. Is this the first time we've seen the ball turrets on the gunships since Attack of the Clones? Maybe. Because there was a period there where they just disappeared, like throughout Clone Wars, they just never used them again. No, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I was it quite may, happy to maybe. see those return. Yeah. Uh going through the tunnel, we're we're retracing our we're going backwards through the last episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah, we are literally crossing with the last episode. Yeah. Uh, Tamara Morrison back this week uh, as the voice of all the clone troopers. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to see him come back. We've seen uh, bark speeders with uh, sidecars before. Uh, they actually come equipped with a, uh, 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 the sidecar. It's got a, a blaster on it, but this one for some reason does, does not. Hmm. Um, but that's okay. There's also uh, other variations of this. One of them, the sidecar is actually a stretcher for uh, rapidly moving wounded troops off the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Gotta get him out. Yeah, I thought that was cool. All right. So um, barreling down the tunnel in one direction, Master Beck and the gunships are met by a train going in the opposite direction. But Kellerin is able to pull the speeder out of the tunnel into a station and barrels up a set of stairs into Monument Plaza while the unlucky gunships meet their demise in a collision with the train. And I'm glad that that was off camera. Now, it's kind of morose but it's like hmm, how many were injured and or killed in that yeah. collision with civilian infrastructure it's not just clone troopers well let's not forget that they were indiscriminately blasting at buildings and stuff as they were true. flying flying around so They're true insane. but train accident of that scale uh yeah 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 interesting uh uh point here the the pilot is not a clone pilot that is a clone shock trooper. That is a member of the Coruscant Guard. Mm -hmm. um, so that should give you an indication. It wasn't just the 501st that were involved no. uh, at the temple. No, Fox, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
While streaking off from Monument Plaza, Kelleran slams the speeder down onto a platform occupied by a contingent of Royal Naboo security forces and an H-type Nubian yacht. Almost immediately, another gunship lands on the platform and clones spill out, ordering everybody to get to the ground. The Naboo security forces engage with the clones, while at the same time, Kelleran and Grogu take the yacht and escape Coruscant with viewing starfighters at their heels. I kind of had a small problem with this scene. If I had any problems, like they're yeah. all very, very minor. No, but no. They, they seem to stand there and watch the thing land. They waited, and then, yeah. And then wait oh. for the troops to jump out before. Like, couldn't they have just ran onto the ship, all of them, and gotten oh, away? There is anyway, yeah. very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, there's a couple things that happen here. Uh, one of them, there's there's a line here uh, from the, the lead security officer. He says, where are the others? And uh, uh, Keller and Beck says, there are no others. Mm-hmm. Um suggesting that there were supposed to be more yeah i would assume the four at least in the hallway originally yeah i i guess so Mm -hmm. um and then of course take the ship it is fully fueled um i'm gonna get to the to the the ins and outs of who's and the what's here but um actually let's get to that right now yeah the big question is who arranged the ship so first of all uh, the lead uh, Coruscant, uh, sorry, the lead Naboo security officer that uh, he's credited as a Senate guard captain. That's kind of on the nose. And uh, now he's played by Juan Javier Cardenas. Um, you might recognize him as uh, Dante in season seven of The Walking Dead. There are a few political figures on Coruscant with direct ties uh, to uh, Naboo, being that the, uh, the uh, yacht. Mm -hmm. Uh, is exclusive those Mm -hmm. h-type nubian yachts were made specifically for the royal house of naboo we got lots of that (laughs) so i mean the the three major contenders here um and i'm just going to go top to top to bottom uh padme the emperor and jar jar binks Mm. Um, I think we can quickly rule out Padme because at this point, I mean, if you, if you saw that, if you juxtapose the images of the temple burning, um, Padme is quite literally standing in her apartment crying. She has yeah. no idea what's going on at this point. Comment coming in here from Doug. I'm going to put that up there. Uh, Doug, uh, Jar Jar, question mark. Hold on, mm-hmm. Doug. We're about to get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it can be Padme just because she is still in the, in the, proverbial dark at this point yeah she doesn't know everything that's about to go down we don't know the exact moment this happens but she's either she's either that scene there or anakin still in there razzing the well yeah uh, as i put uh anakin still in there yeah anakin is still in the temple uh presently using the youngling slayer 3000 right so this scene is after after she talks to him and he leaves right Uh, well we I can't say that it is or it isn't. All I know is mm. that when Kelleran flies away from the temple, the temple is still burning. Right. No, I, I, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, it's kind of relative. It could be. Yeah. It, yeah. It's very, yeah. It's in the wheelhouse for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I can't rule out the emperor either. And, and I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not him. I don't think it's him, but you can't rule it out a hundred percent because is this part of his master plan to let Grogu escape? So that knowing that where the end state later. is. Yeah. I mean, always look, what did Filoni say? Always look to uh, rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. and looking to rise of Skywalker and the, somehow he came back 
you cannot rule him out 100% because we know Grogu is somehow integral to his uh, return. I have foreseen it. Yeah. Well, while you can't occurred? rule that one out, it, it sort of it doesn't it's taste weird. good in my mouth, right? It like, doesn't taste the, good in my mouth either. No, no, no. no. And I, I go back to the line, uh, where are the others? And, you know, that makes sense that one Jedi escaping who is part of your master plan, that's okay. Half a dozen Jedi is a threat. It's a direct threat to him. I don't think that he would allow that to happen. Now, maybe that is part of the plan. I don't know that he orchestrated, like, let the little green thing escape and kill everybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I, I can't rule him out. I don't think it's him. No, I don't think it's him. But again, on a sheer technicality, you just can't rule that one out. Yeah. However, who else has connections to uh, to Naboo, if mm-hmm. not Representative uh, mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks? Now, yeah, in possession of one of these ships in Clone Wars, regardless whether it was Padme's yeah. or not. Yeah. Um. Sorry, and the, there is the uh, the the fact that I mean, it started with Jar Jar. The Emergency Powers Act was by his hand. Yeah. And is this some way for him as a character to to make up for that? He has right. direct ties to the Jedi through uh, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And I can't, I, I, I really don't like the idea that by the end of his arc, uh, if you read up on this character, that he's reduced to just this street performing, you know, ridiculed. Like that just doesn't taste good either. No. No. Um. In my heart, it's Jar Jar that arranged this ship. And if that's true, then it's a double vindication for the actor. And I think that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. No matter what the case is, even though we've answered a question, and this is what I was saying before, these flashbacks could work though, uh, similarly to the way that they work uh, in uh, the Arrowverse, uh, specifically in Arrow on the CW. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have a bunch of questions. How the hell did he get to Arvala 7? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, We've, we've got a lot of uh, years to connect here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still in the same pram by the time he gets to Arvala 7. So I, I don't know. So happy that this happened. Got lots of questions. However, yeah. we know that the series is not in any danger of, of uh, slowing down. So no. we will get those answers at some point. Let's uh, take a second here and catch up here on the chat. TJC, I think judging by her line of, so this is where Liberty dies in Revenge of the Sith. This would be her backup plan as she didn't trust Palpatine. I would That's agree with you, except bad. she takes her ship that is this class to Mustafar. Uh, no, she doesn't. She takes a bigger no. one. The one that looks more like a, it looks like a, a, a like a boomerang. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a larger ship. The one that Obi-Wan's it really? stashed. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Yeah. I had to go back and watch it myself. Or, I'm like, uh, a, a misgiving pretext. I thought yeah. that was the, the class. No, of- so the yacht. I think we're getting confused well, this because one hundred percent Padme ship then, and I know who's at the helm. Okay. The yacht is uh, uh, this is the ship that she and Anakin flew in Attack of the Clones when they were on Tatooine, and then flew off to help Obi Wan at the at uh, Geonosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yes, and so I definitely agree. Then, yeah, that is Padme's. That's the exact same it, ship. It probably is. Um, being where she is, she's probably got multiple ships there with her quite possibly and security quite possibly. I mean, there, there was another name that got tossed out this week by some other, uh, YouTubers. Uh, one of them was queen Apollena. 
mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. she was sympathetic to the Jedi. I don't think she knew it was going right. on at this point. Like th- this is unfolding in real yeah. time. So for her to have arranged that ahead of time, I don't think it's her. She's a tiny little land child. There. She's really yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really young. Uh, 12, 13. Doug says, was that the ship that Captain Phasma's armor was made of? No, that was oh. Padme's actual ship. That was really? the, the, that was the, yeah. Cause Vader gets that as a gift. Yeah. From Palpatine. The J type from uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, yes. Cool. And then she discovers it and builds her armor out of it. Yes. Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to hail Mary here for a second. Sure. Because anybody that would have to arrange for a ship to get some Jedi out would have to know what just happened between Palpatine and Anakin. Wow. Yeah. Because the majority of the Jedi that went in were cut down right there. That is true. And so there's only one unaccounted for, and it is Mace Windu. Oh. Suppose he survives the fall and radios somebody and says, get the Jedi out as many as you can. I, that see, is I, very interesting. Because who else yeah. would know of this impending attack yeah. on the temple? Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know that Padme hasn't confided. I'm not saying that it's likely, but we don't know that Padme hasn't confided in Jar Jar in some way or that he's not aware of the the bigger picture. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, all she has to do or all anyone has to do is radio the ship. Yeah. True. I don't think the ship is here. See, we're, we're, we're sort of talking like this. There was a plan in motion to, to rescue younglings or rescue Jedi, but rather that the ship is just at its docking bay with its regular contingent of guards. Yeah. yeah, and either Bail Organa or That's her right. or Jar Jar says, uh, "I'm sa- I'm routing people to it's you." It's there. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's there. Actively, go. You don't have to reveal a secret plot because they're actively yeah. rousing the temple. It's That's right in real time. Yeah. Um, at and the helm of the ship, Jedi. but the the whole who's at the helm? Keller and Beck is at the helm. He's the yes. one flying. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. There's no. Uh, but again, there is this like, there is at least a small amount of time. Again, just by that. Where are the rest, you know, or where are the others? There yeah. are no others. Again, it could just be as simple as these four guys. Yeah. Uh, follow up from Doug: A Jedi can survive falls. We definitely know that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, we I am still salty about Mace Window. I do, I don't believe that Mace Window died falling out the window. No, I don't believe Sam Jackson believes that either. I don't either. I mean, no. if Luke Skywalker can survive a, a multiple courses of Force lightning. Uh, Mace Windu, who who deflected all the force lightning with his lightsaber, can survive missing a limb. Yeah, yeah, and a few thousand it's, feet fall. Well, yeah, but if it's yes, if he hits a gantry on the way down, he's well, alive. But if he's falling, you know, thirteen hundred stories. Well, we, we, watched, <laughs> we watched Maul's body tumble off. No, the... it's true. It's true. He's uh, alive. How many people got run through with lightsabers and lived in Obi Wan? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, right. it's completely possible. I don't Multiple know if it's times. this venue. I don't know if it's this venue. I I, I think that the rumor was probably started by people that saw Ahmed Best from behind uh, at a photo oh, shoot. Or sure, sure. Because you know, there was the rumor that uh, going around a few weeks ago that we might see Jar Jar. Well, no, that we, we might. See, oh, that yeah. that we might see. Oh, that's it would be interesting. Easy if you saw a set photo. That, a yeah, with a, a bald black man on the set in Jedi robes. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, there, like Andy was saying just before we went on air, there's a right. ton of people pointing out two scenes in the Phantom Menace that say that 
Keller and Beck's been there the whole time. And it's it's a Nick Sant. Oh uh, yeah, is it or isn't situation. it? But like you said, the one at the funeral is a stand-in for for Mace Windu. That's right. And then there's a scene when when actually when Anakin runs into the to talk to Palpatine to confront Palpatine in his chambers. Um a black ball Jedi walks by him out. It could have been made. It could have been the stand in a guy again. It certainly right, wasn't right on that best, but we'll just wait could, for you could Nick sand him in there. When Hasbro like, releases an action figure with the, the name on it, we'll all go That's who it is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, as the, uh, uh, sorry, where are we at here now elsewhere? Um, wow. Where am I at here? Oh my More gosh. Party. Did I just jump ahead about 17 slides? No, here we go. Nope. Snapping out of sorry guys, snapping out of his flashback, Grogu lifts his head and watches as the armor forges a new circular piece of armor. Uh, and at the same time, she continues with her lesson. She says, "It is a tradition in our culture for each to donate a small portion of what they earn to the foundlings. It is with these scraps of Beskar that I forged your next piece of armor." Mandalorian steel shall keep you safe as you grow stronger. You will grow into this rondel as you grow into your station, foundling Grogu. And there we go. He gets his next piece of armor. Which is going to keep him more safe when yeah. Ragnar decides to use not training. Not training darts, darts on him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rondell, it's a traditional piece of uh, of armor that's typically uh, uh, hanging uh, off a breastplate to protect the armpits. But uh, as you can see in this photo, obviously can be uh, also used to protect other soft areas like the elbows and your fingers. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's about 65% of Grogu's entire body. Yeah. <laughs> From the front. Little will do you. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, did you guys catch there some electronics, some circuitry on the back of that thing? Yeah, I would assume oh, it's something to adhere it to. I maybe like a magnetic turn-on switch, and it adheres to his chainmail. Uh, quite possibly. Piece. Quite possibly. Yeah. It's the same sort of tech that Din was working on after he blew a a breastplate. Yeah, the, after it absolutely the, uh, is. Yeah, right. And it's it's curious because when she doesn't, or at least they don't show it. When she remakes um, Bo's pauldron, yep, or shoulder flashing, that uh, she says it doesn't come with any of the modern, uh, the modern uh, trappings or whatever. Yeah, My, yeah. and I, I thought that meant the paint job, but it might mean that it's just, it's just a, a piece a, of armor, a, a, a piece of metal. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Clunk, here you go. That could be it too. I mean, but how much tech is there in a in a in a shoulder piece i don't know i don't know um right to the mudhorn though we've we've uh we've uh, acknowledged that that is uh, his sigil as well yeah the sigil of the clan jar as it as it should be yeah you know i mean it was him after all that that uh, kind of dealt with it mm -hmm. um and yeah looks like we're on our way to a fully armored uh, grogu <laughs> in time in time uh, although we better grow a little faster over the uh, th we're gonna have yeah. to do some time jumps if we're ever gonna see him fully realized I don't um, know that Disney would ever put a helmet on that face. I don't know. That's or you can a Beskar Yoda helmet. All of the I, fan art that has has come out of this. I mean, that, like you all love that, but you know what that does is it it kills the fact that my grandmother knows who Grogu is. Yeah. Well, I mean, or we just get to the we we. So again, the the 
overarching one of the overarching themes of the show is that whatever side you're on whether it's you know a mandalorian modernist or traditionalist we're both tracking for some form of middle ground yeah you know mm-hmm. bo's becoming more spiritual and there's evidence here that the rest of them may be coming sort of more towards the modernists mm-hmm. yeah 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 so, i just mean in terms of your money shot you're not going to have him well, helmet true. a lot of the time no you know? no i, no, I, I don't i wouldn't i don't know well, elsewhere, the Mandalorian war party now aboard uh, Bo's uh, gauntlet fighter land some distance away from the uh, raptor's nest, and they make the rest of their way their way on foot where Bo had tracked it earlier in the day. Well, the sun is now setting, and she suggests that they camp out under a rocky outcropping and then make the ascent first thing in the morning. Um. I'm really, really amazed at this point that there is no pushback from, uh, from Paz Vizsla. There's nothing, there's no friction, not even like uh, there's a rock in my boot, irritate, like nothing from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a contrast to what we saw last episode when everybody was like glad handing and slapping him on the back and welcoming both him and her into the covert. And he's off brooding in the corner. He didn't say a word. Yeah. When they were all, this is the way he's standing in the corner stonewalled. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why I feel like maybe there's something more going on here with this character. Well, you plot in silence. Well, that's true. That's true. Cold revenge. As the Mandalorians all sit around a campfire, one of them hands out food. Now, Bo asks how to properly eat. And Mando tells her that everyone just goes off on their own and finds a place where they can actually take off their helmets. Paz Vizsla. Perfectly safe planet to do that. (laughs) Paz Vizsla informs Bo that as the leader of the war party, it is her honor to remain by the fire. Then everyone walks away to eat their meal. It's funny in this whole warrior culture that they would, you know, what's the, what's the first rule of, of D and D don't split the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the first thing they do? All right, everybody, see you in, in 15, right? <laughs> uh, all right, and th- uh, this sequence, if you're if you're paying attention, this would be the first time that you would uh you would notice that uh the Shriekok training team are all wearing their uh the Shriekok emblems uh, emblems. They don't wear it all on the same side though. Hmm. Some is on the no. left, some is on the right. Yeah. Well. Oh, it actually looks like she's trying to make an honest effort here. The fact that she's asking, how is this done? Yeah. To the point where she's respectful enough to look around and actually wait for everybody to be out of sight. I thought that's interesting. That's again, that's her. Maybe she's finding sound. Yeah, yeah. She's finding that middle ground. She's becoming more. Maybe uh pause is being like a bit humbled at this point. I don't know. Maybe it like, could just be that it's, you know, he's keeping his mouth shut because something goes south and I lose my kid. Then I can freak out later. But until that time, yeah, maybe I feel like everybody's playing poker here. Yeah. Yes. That's probably the perfect way to say it. Um, what do we think's going through her mind at this point, sitting there by the campfire? Not bad. (laughs) She's back in a leadership role. Well, that's specifically the question I have. Um, I got the impression that, she's only finding out now that she's the war party leader. Yeah. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. what, what she took initiative, went after the kid, right. Found the location. Yeah. Came back and said, let's go. A lot of leaders are leaders by default. 
sure through no, through, or or through no fault of their own yeah that contrast between um what was it she said to him back uh, when she met him oh that little cult of yours like that's a we're a big contrast to you know talking to the, the children of the watch as a cult to now you're leading a, a war party of them i mean yeah. she's had her faith like <laughs> she's had her atheism if you will uh, yeah shattered. challenged challenged revoked that mythosaur was real that's true yeah. it's it's a yeah. realosaur yeah it's a realosaur <laughs> lauren says how come i'm the only one with a ship <laughs> yeah i, I could blast you, you all the smithereens it's true uh she does bring a lot to the table for them to to tell her to just bounce that's true yeah well, you yeah. know that too and like the experience factor right pause knowing that the thing can beat them for distance yeah and they just bolt after it you know whereas she took a moment said okay i'm gonna get my ship and go yeah. See if you get yeah, out yeah, yeah. this. Oh, no, exactly. Exactly. Well, the next morning, the war party uh, begins to climb the tall butte and reaching the summit. The nest appears empty, save for uh, a loose Mandalorian helmet. So uh, Mando switches over to Mando Vision, which we haven't seen for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, points out to where he can see a significant heat signature. Um, the climb that seemed relatively arduous. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the, uh, she makes a point. The, the armor made a point to say, I will, um, well, she said she was going to give them longer, longer lariats is what she called them. Um, and we get to see that in effect here because essentially like we've never seen a Mandalorian shoot a cable line that long no. before. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was watching this with my wife, with Kim and she's like, how come they're grunting? I'm like, because they're climbing in full plate armor. And she's, <laughs> she's like making Climb fun normal. of them. Yeah. <laughs> Now climb with 50 extra. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, they're badass Mandalorians. They should be able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Take your rail down. Come on. (laughs) You're triple barreled. And he looks like he's having a, like the actor looks like he's. Oh, he's having a rough time. Yeah. Uh, One of the things here too, with the covert uh, and with the, the training team here, um, lots of armor mixed pieces, lots of stormtrooper pieces in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I oh, did yeah. like that. I did, did like that. Yeah. yeah Thrown yeah. together covert. Well, with no regard for himself, Paz Vizla ambles over the nest, calling out Ragnar, Ragnar, crossing the nest to where the heat signature was. Three bald raptor chicks uh, lunge at him. At the same time, the mother raptor uh, looms up over the nest on the wing and proceeds to uh, regurgitate the boy. And uh, remarkably, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Drawing his vibro knife, Paz Vizla rockets directly at the raptor's mouth. So the raptor drops the boy in favor of this new larger morsel and then picks up Ragnar in one of its claws and takes flight out of the nest. So two minor gripes here. Minor gripes. <laughs> Go for it. First of all, this is the least windy mountaintop I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the, it's not a mountain, not even it's a butte. I guess it's a butte of a shot. Um, and also, I guess this creature is letting Ragnar marinate in its stomach for 24 I guess hours. So. There's this, this sense they of they digest like, at the uh speed of plot. <laughs> the, I, the, the, another, uh, another uh, uh, YouTuber had said, if you had just told me in the, in the, in the bit of narrative, like this creature only feeds at dawn 
or this creature only yeah, eats. Yeah. Then you could you could you could buy into that. We really believe that this kid has been in this thing's gullet for <laughs> twelve yeah. to twenty four hours. Like, and really? She's taking it. On, she's taking the food on field trips. Like they already tracked <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> tracked it here. It's almost like, are we supposed to believe that we can't believe that because she tracked it to its lair? Yeah. It's not like it didn't go directly home. It already went there. Right. And just didn't bother to feed the kids. The kids are sleeping. I'll come back. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, And did I see another Mandalorian helmet sitting in the. The, there's definitely yeah, one in there yeah, like an orange helmet or something yeah, 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 yeah. says okay. you know they've been taken before right? that's right he did say that on the on the shore of the lake when he's like don't shoot yeah, yeah. but did at we, the same time we heard ragnar's helmet pressurize right did we i'm pretty sure we heard i don't know i was just I didn't, on i didn't hear that. i don't that's think i heard guy. that either I'd, I'd have to go back and watch that now i can buy into that because we've seen it when they went to mandalore you know i'll pressurize my helmet yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe he was quick enough smart enough to do that and there's an independent oxygen system within the helmet itself because he's got no other armor no yeah so there's no other way to supply air to the helmet unless the helmet is taking it i mean if he's going to be a viable adversary for grogu he's going to have to show himself to be pretty competent right yeah yeah and yeah, no absolutely he's going to you know mandalorians are fairly resilient like how many years was uh boba fed in the sarlacc uh <laughs> not that long well, not that long it was still it was still burning yeah it was still smoldering the the katana was still smoldering when he climbed out okay fair enough so so yeah hour, days. hours to, to days i guess long enough to hallucinate and go i gotta get the hell out of here yeah, a couple of years may have passed then in the bib fortuna scene though uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. Could have for sure. Spent it was. Several years, maybe, with the Tuscans. Sure. And I mean, he was helmeted when he walked in and and blew him away. So yeah. we don't we don't have to worry about any of that that stuff. We can just accept it. Yeah. Right. But I do. I agree. I think of any of this stuff that I have a hard time with in this episode, it's like what he was camping out in the stomach. You just like days. you regurgitate that thing like twelve hours later. <clears throat> no, calm. The weather on. is so bad that it has eroded all but the hardest rock. But it's, we're not even <laughs> moving a twig up here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right space wizards come on i know i know space (laughs) wizards and laser swords well as the raptor flies away the rest of the war party jetpack after it now bo tries to make a grab for ragnar but she's batted away by one of the raptor's wings which causes her jetpack to sputter and fail and then she falls now the training team harass it with uh, darts but that proves ineffective after recovering from her fall, Bo catches up with both uh, the creature um, uh, while both she and Mando try to ensnare the raptor with their grappling cables. But the beast dodges them until finally Bo is able to get a line on it and then she reels herself in where she begins to stab around its eye with her vibro knife, which causes the raptor to drop Paz Vizsla. Um, I tried to get, you can't really see it here. I tried to get some shots when they actually fire off their, their lines on this, they actually come out like bolas. They actually fire two corded ends at one time. Yeah. I was having a hard time figuring out how did they tie it up, but it's because they fired out like a bola. Yeah. And it that's just cool. got the one wing. Clip. Yeah. It's very cool. Well, and that's exactly what, uh, Boba does to Luke. It's a bola. Yeah. 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 Can we go back one frame for a sec, though, real quick? Yep. Uh, just to note there that uh, in all the lore 
the Shriek Hawk's got, uh, you know, wings and feet. Wings right? and feet, but yeah. This thing has a clear second set of appendages. Yeah, it's got like wing. four four uh, appendages specifically for flying. Four, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. It does have a bird-like beak, though. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, and they fired like Ebola. Right, okay. Now, Paz is able to uh, use his damaged jetpack to uh, effect a hard landing, while the other Mandalorians use their lariats to secure the raptor's mouth along with one of its wings. Now, Mando takes a pass at the raptor's clawed foot with his vibro knife and forces it to let go of Ragnar. Uh, But Mando is unable to hold on to the boy, and he plummets towards the river below. Now, Mando rocketing headfirst after the boy is able to grab him and they hover in place while the raptor thunders into the river below. Kaboom. And Andy, as requested, because how could you not see this? When it hit the water, I was like, oh my God, I know what's going to happen here. Where the raptor (laughs) is promptly snatched up by another uh, crocodile turtle, like the one that we saw back in the season premiere. And if this does not scream uh, Jurassic Jurassic World. World, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with the the pterodon. Yep. I had to go through. I'm like, well, there's the the. It eats a couple times. Like they host, uh, they hoist a shark. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The uh, comes out for the Indominus, but I can't remember what you call the dinosaur now. Um, Water the Mo- Mosasaurus. Yeah, there's a couple of shots with the Mosasaurus. I'm like, do you want the one eating the shark off the bait thing? No, no, this one. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, the one. Yeah. It struggles. There's a point. Uh, the descriptive audio says it actually almost takes off, like it was going to get away. Um, and then it comes up and no, <laughs> I was just thinking that too. As Lauren says, there's always, there's a, always bigger a bigger oh. fish. I, I mean, how do you not, how do you not go back to that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mando flies Ragnar over to the same cliff face where Paz Vizsla is laying. Now with what seems like a heartfelt thank you to Mando, the boy and his father are reunited. Um, have they buried the hatchet? Is this a temporary truce? What's going on here? Yeah, it's yes and no. Yeah, because this is like now. Okay, you've defeated me for the dark saber. Yeah, your foundling has defeated my son. Yeah, and now you saved my son. Yeah, I feel the resentment he, coming. Yeah, big yeah, time. yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he jerks Ragnar over. Like, get over here. I believe that part of it. I believe that that is that is any parent who's ever feared for their child. That yeah. whole like, you know the kid that runs away you had me so worried but i'm so glad that you're back yeah you know like you're squishing me mom like no that's i I believe that part of it yeah and ragnar really seems to genuinely love his father like the way he says i'm okay dad like it was so genuine there is definitely something there between them yeah i just look at this scene and kind of go like it's a 50 50 they could be you know beef settled or Oh, it's gonna stew some more. I think stewing more will. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super adamant with my thought that that, that there's a schism coming our way. And yeah, Fiddler, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's got us somewhere in his head believe that he's deserving of that saber. I mean, yeah. even if he doesn't win it in combat, I I, I get the kind of well that whole from, my ancestor thing. like the bloodline, right? Yeah, should yeah, over yeah. super supersede you know and, your you combat know, thing. And he could be he could be on to something in terms of the saber itself, but I think 
when you realize that the uh, mythosaur outdates the saber, then I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also reminded again here, like this scene reminds me of, again, when we talked about it in uh, the bad batch, like kids in this, in this franchise, just, they don't just get to be kids. No. And it's almost tragic, you know, in the sense that like, Oh, I can't be a kid. Cause if I'm not getting eaten by a, a flying, <laughs> a flying lizard, I've got to train for, for a war that I don't know if it's ever yeah. going to come. Like yeah, star wars though. Yeah. Not star kindergarten. No, that's true. That <laughs> it's well, unfortunate though. It, there is the school on Navarro. Yeah, that's true. There is. There is. Blue I mean, they're trying to make you. a better world. That's true. Free of the tyranny of the new Republic. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Really? Uh, all right. While flying back to the covert, the war party is welcome back and they rejoice at the safe return of Ragnar. The armor gives Bo an attaboy speech. She says, Bo Katan Kreese, you have honored your house and all of Mandalore. You have done the highest honor of the creed, saving a foundling. And Bo gives her a hearty, this is the way. She then reveals that they brought in three more foundlings that are in need of training and care as the three raptor chicks are led off the gauntlet by a couple members of the war party who are using uh, meat on a stick for bait. I don't want to know where they got it from, but that's what they're using. The armorer then sees that Bo is missing a pauldron and says that she's in need of a repair and tells her to come with her. Oh, Doug, you're right on it, man. Uh, Ragnar versus Grogu for the throne. Yeah, I think yeah. we may. Uh, it may really, come to that. I really do. I really do. Yeah. There's Don't an think interesting... it'll be much of a fight, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an interesting thing that's going on here in the uh, in the little blurb here between the armor and Bo-Katan. Um, if you watched with the subtitles on, um, mm. there's a huge connotation here because she says, "You have honored your house and all of Mandalore," and in the in the subtitles it's actually spelt in Mandoa. Mm-hmm. So she's not talking about you have honored the planet. It's you have honored every Mandalore, the people in history. Yeah. Right. Every the leader of the society. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. huge yeah. connotation. Big time. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Oh yeah. And uh, the Raptor chicks. Uh, oh, are the Raptor chicks practice mounts for the mythosaur? Well, uh, like Lauren said, how come Bo's the only one with a ship? <laughs> ship yeah. Well, yeah. Now we're going to have, you know, a little bit of transportation around the, uh, the place. Really? Yeah. Um, also sort of what kind of had me thinking that these were Shriekhawks that like, like possibly historically possibly. they rode them. Yeah. I just, you know, for her, there's this element of surprise. It's like, Oh, we brought you more. Really? Like she's surprised that they've brought them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't know what they are until they start walking off, but right, right, right. I don't believe that they are just here for food. I mean, for, for training and, and, and for care, I do believe that whoever, whatever happens here, that they will end up being the new riding. Yeah. Riding these things. And if that is the case and it does turn out that these guys, that's exactly what they were. They were a a training team to train these. Then I am happy to eat my words. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if if they're, if I, yeah, I think it might be, might be nuanced like like twofold maybe like yeah this may yeah, be yeah. where we get a little precursor to grogu being able to tame things having them realize that he can oh tame things. yeah 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 he gets and, to uh, uh mick dundee them yeah that'd be cool 
All right, we're going to wrap it up here with our final scene of the episode. At the forge, the armorer sets about to make Bo a replacement shoulder pauldron. And she asks if she should adorn it with the symbol of the night owls. Bo then asks, would it be acceptable to wear the mythosaur? And because the mythosaur is the symbol of all Mandalorians, of course it is. Well, Bo then confides in the armor that she actually saw one. And with her new pauldron in place, Bo then sits alone, staring at the mythosaur skull hanging on the wall, and we cut to black. Now, there's a, uh, uh, what does she say here? She says, what would you say if I told you I saw a mythosaur? Uh, and then the armor says something to the effect of, well, I'd say you're very lucky. It's a noble vision. Yeah. No, no, I mean a real one beneath the living waters of Mandalore. When you choose to walk the way of the Mandalore, you will see many things. But it was real. This is the way. Mm-hmm. We've seen right from the beginning that the armor is the spiritual leader of her people, besides the keeper of lore and the, yeah. you know, the maybe the 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 trainer of trainers. I start to see Do, some like Arthur Legend stuff going on here. Yeah, and, yeah. and I see a little bit of Merlin in uh, in the armor. Oh, and I kind of wonder. I wonder the, you know, the station. Like you know, my 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 rook cast theory. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she's she knows who Bo-Katan is if she's rook cast in spades yeah right like they're 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 sworn enemies like so she's playing uh, poker very Bo-Katan well Bo-Katan is a case. cautionary tale if that's and I gotta say there is um when she first forges uh uh something for uh Din yeah, uh, I've seen a freeze frame of it on TikTok, and I haven't been able to corroborate it yet. I haven't actually watched the episode in, in real time sure. to check it out because I yep. just saw it today. But uh, when she plunges something into the, the the mystic waters to cool uh, there, the cooling bath, and she, yeah, and she talks about Bo-Katan being a cautionary tale. Darth Maul's eyes appear in the liquid briefly. Now, I've seen a still of it, and I just don't know if it's faked or not. And I'm going to try to find the image and send it to you guys. Um, we know we've seen the water, the the living waters do that that where the they, they go out. And, yeah, and you can, it's I it's, can it's a moment when she that. plunges what looks like the tip of a spear. I know it's not the tip of a spear. She's yeah, forging yeah. something. I think for Grogu, but when she he asks her, "Do you know about what do you know about Bo-Katan? She says the line, but in the yeah. waters in the scene, uh, as she's speaking about Bo-Katan, Darth Maul's face appears in the waters briefly and then fades. Like I'd have she's to responsible. Yeah, yeah. So do yeah, I, yeah. because I've only seen it on TikTok. And, and, and again, anything could be faked. Wow. Uh, and yeah, there's there a lot that, of that on yeah. social media. Of course. Too. Of course there is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at first I questioned her wisdom here. I was like, yep. the, um, her wisdom as, is in her bow or her, the armor, her bow. As, in Why would you confide in her? Yeah. But that's got to be a lot of me with inside information thinking I know who this character is. Um, so then it started. I started thinking, who is an armorer? Uh, like, what station do they have in Mandalorian culture? And not necessarily a leader, but that's what starts to make me think Merlin or or mm, advisor or advisor, yeah. right? Yeah. Or a shaman, right? Somebody. So you have the warrior and the shaman. 
and the shaman is the keeper of the lore and the mysticism and the warrior is the 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 leader and the military you know the, that sort of thing so yep yep then it starts to make sense that she would confine in somebody who historically would be a shaman in that role at least yeah and then i start to think it's a test of that shaman's honesty yeah, how good are well, you? <laughs> or, or, well, yeah, or belief. Yeah, I'm. It leaves me with a ton of questions about. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was just like, "Why would you do that?" Imagine going to a and Catholic I, priest and telling him that you just saw God. Yeah, what would the Catholic priest do? That's a great vision. I'm glad yeah, you saw God. Exactly. That's <laughs> the way that. Heart. But that's the way that she handled all Mandalorians. It. All Mandalorians get to wear the mythosaur. So that's the, you know, that's the big question is, does the armor actually believe her or does she just like, sure you wink, wink, sure you saw a mythosaur. Well, so they all, you were in I the mean, living waters. We have to go back. Vision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come with me. I'll show you. We, we have to go back. <laughs> we yeah. do. Oh yeah, of course we do. Right. We're now what, episode four, right? Uh, yes, that is correct. Yep. So, so four, a lot of Mando left. So remember uh, back at the beginning of the episode when I said that there's a certain segment of the fan community that are now that are actively shipping Bo-Katan towards uh, uh, Din Djarin? Yeah. Mm. Why did they not paint her replacement shoulder pauldron? I took it to mean without the uh, modern without any of the trapping. accompaniments, but that she and didn't yet, paint Ragnar's helmet. Everybody's painted. The only person yeah. who's not painted is Din Djarin. And so, like, I mean, it's it's pretty thin, but, like, I kind of I kind of chuckled. I'm like, is this... Are they going to slowly replace her armor one piece at a time? And then the two of them will be like the matching, like stainless king and queen. Like, is that what we're going towards? I don't know. I don't know either. I, just I, think, that, I, don't know. <laughs> I think Paz Vizsla brought the paint and he's very stingy with who he's stingy can. with handing it out. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Ragnar's going to need more armor. Maybe she didn't have a night owl blue. Night owl just blue. The, just Death Watch blue. And that might have not been. <laughs> Cool. It's very limited what yeah, they have here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Limited supplies. I have some, I have some boba green. Do you, you want that? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, it seems like they are definitely... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that burgundy. Like, even most of Mando's or, uh, original armor was that burgundy. Yeah. Uh, I hope that they do play this out a little bit more where, where the Shriekhawk thing is is uh, is concerned because that, to me, if it, if it is in the we're taking it back since that really that says to me that inward shift. I mean, Bo is turning inward towards the the middle ground. And I think that they might also be under the guidance and leadership of the armor that, you know, maybe it's not such a cautionary tale after all. Maybe yeah. there's some truth to the cautionary know. tale is straying too, too far. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I can't help, but feeling like she's just given, um, uh, like she's just showed her hidden ace to the mm. dealer. <laughs> I really, I've, I, I've, I've the horns. I can't get past the horns, and uh, I, I really strongly. Feel I don't like, think we're supposed to. I, I don't no. think we're supposed to get past the horns. To be no. honest, I, I just think feel that's like she's our bad guy. Us. I really yeah. do feel like yeah. the armor is our bad guy. And, so uh, I mean, if we if we do get there, if we faction up, are we going to be the armor and Paz Vizsla and versus Bo-Katan and Dinjarn? Uh, that's what I would assume. Interesting. That's what I would assume. That could make for a fun romp, um, especially if if we have to spend a, an episode uh, 
tracking down that Gozanti cruiser and the rest of Bo's people. Mm-hmm. The Gozanti. How about the uh, um, the uh, right. other one, right. the, the Gideon's <laughs> cruiser? Like, who's right. out there with that thing? Yeah. Right. Uh, we can only assume that that's probably uh, uh, Axe Wolves and uh, Cosca, yeah, Cosca Reeves, yeah, yeah. Cosca Reeves, yeah. I've heard nothing, uh, uh, casting rumors or anything for for either. Did we not see them back. in the original trailer? No, we didn't. No, okay, yeah. okay. Um, talking about the original trailers, though, I do want to bring that up because what are what are some of the other things visuals that we saw? There's that big scene where the covert. Uh, a, a large portion of the covert looks like they're in some kind of battle on Navarro. I'm betting that that is going back to the uh, Pirate King Dorian Char. Yeah, it was ah, it could be, it could I think be. we're going back to that. The Mandalorians might get involved and help out. Well, if they come back in force and, you know, Grief says, uh, hey, Mando, I need, yeah, I, need some, I need some help. There was a bunch of folding, ex- uh, folding TIE fighter things landing at a base, too, I believe, or taking off from a base mm. in, the, in the first trailer. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited to see where we're going. And now that we're now that we're at least superficially, we're all one big happy Mando family now. Yep. I'm really waiting to see that bubble burst. Yeah, and <laughs> it's going to be I'm, fun. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm positive it will. Unfortunately, are we going to get back to Mandalore before the end of the season? Maybe. I, I, I would, think so. I would think so. Well, we're going to find out here sooner than later. Wow. Uh, next week. <laughs> next week is a special week uh if you were watching earlier today when we covered the bad batch you were recall that we mentioned that next week is the season finale it's two parts the two-part season finale of the bad batch uh runs next wednesday along with the next chapter of the mandalorian that means that uh yours truly all three of us are on the hook for some <laughs> for some writing next week <laughs> Um, on top of that, it's my wedding anniversary, so I'm going to be extra uh, under the gun to to make sure I get everything done in time. Next week, uh, the fan, uh, sorry, Phantom Power is going to have a triple drop, <laughs> and I don't know if that means we do both episodes of the Bad Batch uh, in yeah, our in our noon time slot, batch, batch to batch, yeah, That's batch right. to batch mm-hmm. in our noon time slot, and then the Mandalorian at, at six, or we do a a, a, a three peat um either way i hope you guys will come back and join us for that oh what do we got here we got resolute rebellion coming in here at the last minute Woo-hoo. the covert has a lot of diversity with regards to agenda it's destined to have some kind of dust up this mm-hmm. is the way yeah you are yeah. you're on the trolley sir yep, yep absolutely we are all riding the same train just not the one that ran into the lat gunship because there's no. going to be some injured people on that. <laughs> Ouch. Um, Take the seat at the back. Are we going it. to Naboo? Are we going? Let's talk about the flashback thing. That uh, story within a story. Are we going to keep going with that? I think there's more there to be revealed. I do think yeah. so too. Yeah. We've got to get to Arvala, uh, Arvala Seven. Yeah. Are we going yeah. to Naboo? Maybe. Because, like at mm. this point, they still don't know that the Emperor is evil. The like, general public doesn't. No. Know. Yeah. No. yeah. So wherever that ship is going, it is a one-way trip. Now there is the, uh, there is uh, this uh, star Wars. Meg brought this up in her review of the episode talking about queen Apollina. Uh, queen Apollina was executed for harboring Jedi. So, so there, there is some credence to, they could be going to Mandalore. If only for a moment. Yeah. 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 Resolute rebellion looks like Naboo is coming. I can't disagree with that. Mm. Um, 
where else to go? And wouldn't it be cool if we uh, go right to uh, Otaganga and hide out in the uh, underwater cities? Mm -hmm. That would be a good place to hide someone for at least a little while. Yeah. I'm very interested to see where this is going. But it wouldn't very well uh, mesh with the queen getting executed for hiding Jedi. Well, if they go there and can't find Jedi. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on what is the relationship. Because by the time we get to the end of uh, The Phantom Menace and Boss Nass and peace, yeah. and we shall be friends. Yeah, they're all happy. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how how intertwined, you know, um, uh, Obi-Wan wow. spoke about a symbiotic relationship. How far has that come in the years? You would think it would flourish. Have they, you know, do you think the Gungans maybe recognize the... the uh, the the royal naboo monarchy i don't know I mean, or probably a, not but there's a huge problem with that. there's a huge problem that the jedi if they are headed there to hide aren't aware yeah. of and that's the fact that there's about to be a funeral <laughs> yeah a, a huge <laughs> imperial presence yeah that's right yeah that's so right yeah. maybe we could get some overlapping there that would be very interesting as well yeah i'm or they get there just before the funeral now how many flashbacks this is our first this is our first flashback this season. Yes. We only had one in season one. That's correct. And yes. one in season two. Yeah, that's well, that's very we had minor flashbacks to Din's. We had minor Din flashbacks. Oh, I'm specific. Sorry, specific, specific to Grogu. Yeah, right. Specific one, to Grogu. Yeah, one per season. One per season. Yep. So I, we may have. Yeah. That may be it. That may be. It. I we think might that's be... probably it for this season, but I don't think it's it for Ahmed Best and. Uh, no, 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 no. As a literary device, I think the one per season, because like I said to you, Andy, like by the time we got to like the end of Arrow, that do du that duality of storytelling that was getting old real fast. I yeah. was like, just get it over with. It took forever mm -hmm. to converge right. on a single point. But if if these if the story within the story is going to be so delivering, like it was in this episode, yeah. sure. If you're only going to give me one a season, make sure it's like that. Yeah. 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 The layers have to be huge to peel them off now. Like we've we've yeah. got the like the you've got the big what we yeah, wanted events. from the first two flashbacks. Yeah, right? that's right. So Who was it? The next one has to leave us wanting more or reveal more, like hand yeah. in Jar Jar uh, or land on Naboo, something of that level. So now, I mean, we let's circle back to one of our, our previous predictions. Um, is it is it uh, Rip Barris Offy or is it going to be? Uh, we'll see when you come back as an Inquisitor. <laughs> I think she's the perfect uh, ground level villain for the Ahsoka show. I, yeah. I 100% Thrawn is the big bad, but I think she's the perfect uh, tete a tete uh, for Ahsoka Tano. So I think we saved Barasofi for that. I, I think that's a great, uh, a great way to go too, because I don't think you could have Thrawn go toe to toe with ahsoka the way you could have another force user and and no and, it's, it's a chess player versus a football player yeah it's not, exactly you, you know it's not, not a fair gonna, playing field no yeah. well listen guys this has been uh, our breakdown of the mandalorian uh, chapter 20 the foundling i hope you guys enjoyed it there was a lot to chew on once again we turned a uh, 26 minute episode into uh, nearly well, an hour and 45 minutes. Double it and add 30. <laughs> it's double metric. It and 30. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to go and check out our Patreon over at uh, patreon.com. We do have, you can find us under uh, Fandom Power. There's a couple of uh, tiers there uh, that you can sign up for if you feel like supporting the channel. You can always check out our uh, uh, the merch shop, which there are links uh, uh, to in the description of this video. Where you can't um, get this. 
You can get a different version of that. Yes. Yes. But you, you can't get that specific one anymore. No. Because no. Disney said, no, you've got to get rid of that. Uh, yeah. And uh, as always, I hope you guys uh, enjoy what we're doing. We'll, we will be back with lots more. Also, um, at some point when the when the breakneck pace kind of cuts back, we will get back to some more of our shorter video production that we've been uh, missing for the last few weeks. Andy and I've uh, got a couple of, Andy's got a couple of scripts that we're uh, going to review here, which they're both, I think they're going to be really fun and funny. Uh, so we're looking forward to working on those. Uh, but next week we'll, Oh, before we get to next week, random Tuesday, Tuesday, don't forget to come back and hang with us on Tuesday night for random fandom, where we just talk about the stuff that caught our attention this week. And there is some stuff it's that's in for attention worthy. Yeah. 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 Um, don't forget it is a call in show. So if you, uh, if you want to join us in the live chat here through uh, whatever happens? platform you're, you're watching, you're more than welcome to do so. You can call us, uh, through the embedded WhatsApp link on our Facebook or in the banner of our uh, YouTube channel, and you can be part of the show. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to call here. I have nothing else. Do you guys have anything else? It was a good episode. Let's get the next one. Two more days. Yeah, Thanks to uh, resolute days. rebellion. Uh, Thank appreci- you. Appreciate that. Thank you Thank for being you. here with us. Yes, sir. Hope to see you guys and everybody who's watching in the next one until then, everyone for fandom power. My name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. And we will catch you in the next one. Bye for now, everyone. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This was the way. Don't talk. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.